Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. The second half wasn't good enough, you know, for either side of the ball. There's no excuses, no explanations. Just wasn't good enough. I told the guys in the locker room, we're better than that. We got to do a better job and perform better. That's all phases. Simeon over the middle, threads it through, and Pringle pulls it away for the Bears touchdown. We have men of character in the the locker room, which is, you know, which they've been battling the whole way. And we're going to continue to rely on that for sure. Now, it's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Here's Kevin Powell. Episode 55 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. I'm Kevin Powell. Thank you for listening. An ugly loss for the Bears against the Jets. Not many were picking them to win, but when you see the amount of injuries that the Bears had on Sunday against the Jets. That's concerning, especially when it's guys like Darnell Mooney and Eddie Jackson. Their question marks now at right tackle. Uh, there have been question marks there the entire season, but now some some injuries to Riley Reef, to Larry Borum. Lots of question marks in the injury department for the Bears moving forward, and especially with Justin Fields uh, with the left shoulder injury. Will he play against the Packers? Um, what about the rest of the season? I think if he's full goal, they'll eventually get him back out there. But with the bye coming against uh, after the Packers game, give Justin Fields a good amount of time to to get healthy and, and good for the final month of the season and the rest of the team, too, because you've got to put something around Justin Fields to protect him. And uh, that's a tough spot right now for the Chicago Bears. But uh, we get into the Bears-Packers, Justin Fields. We even look ahead to the offseason, the draft a little bit. I did that with Herb Howard from the Bigs. Now joining me once again on the WGN Radio Football Podcast is Herb Howard from the Bigs. He covers the Bears, does a great job doing it. And Herb, you were you were at that game Sunday, Bears-Jets. And look, I understand we're at the point of the year where, where people are looking ahead to the draft and specifically the draft order, and we can get into that. But when you lose by 21 and your team looks demoralized, and on top of all that, you lose Eddie Jackson and Darnell Mooney to serious injuries – it's hard to get, you know, overly excited about draft order. If you want to celebrate a three-point loss to the Falcons, okay. But, you know, Justin Fields was hurt in that one. They have a one-point loss to the Lions, a three-point loss to the Dolphins. Like those, okay, there were, that's stuff you can build on, and there were some bright spots, and the offense was moving the ball, and there was progress from Justin Fields. There's really not a whole lot of good you can take from that loss to the Jets, Herb. No, nah, that, that that loss to the Jets kind of had some some finality to it, KP. It kind of felt like you know the end, and like now it's truly time to really start looking towards twenty twenty three. I know that's kind of been some people's focus as the years gone along, and I know that wins and losses was never the huge thing for the Bears this year. But just in going and looking at the game on Sunday with the Jets thirty one to ten, they scored ten points their first two drives, they get no points after that. You put that loss together in combination with all those injuries, and it just had this this finality to it. Like, okay, enough of this. Like, no, nothing else really matters anymore. You get all these injuries. You got Justin. You got Darnell Mooney. You got Eddie Jackson. You've obviously lost Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn. And you keep seeing guys go down. Jaquan Brisker and, and, and Tyler Gordon, your top two picks, they're out right now. So it, it, it had this finality to it that seemed different from, you know, well, you know, they lost, but, you know, it's all about next year. This, this one really felt like, okay, uh, enough. Yeah, it was a sobering reminder of how far they do have to go. 
And those injuries, yeah. are, like those weren't. We're not talking about a you know a couple guys dinged up. Like those, what we're hearing, it sounds like Eddie Jackson's foot injury will be season ending. We know Darnell Mooney out with mm-hmm. an ankle. Like those, those are two guys that factor into next year. And now it's like, all right. I mean, look, who knows? Not going to play doctor here, but those are serious injuries. Who knows how long those types of injuries linger with these players? So look, you know, you lose to twenty points to Dallas earlier in the year certainly felt a whole lot different than this loss to the Jets because the Bears battled in that one. They look demoralized, really, for the first time all season, Herb, against the Jets. And it's tough, It's you know, it's tough to, to blame them, right? Like, everybody was going yeah. down with injuries. Justin Fields wasn't out there. It was You didn't even know who the quarterback was starting uh, with, with that whole circus before the game. Um, I think it was just another reminder that they have a long way to go. And it didn't get any easier on Sunday with the loss of, of Mooney and Eddie Jackson. Even Chase Claypool looked a little dinged up at the end there. Yeah, I think, I mean, the, the bottom just kind of kind of finally fell out. They've been treading water admirably all season long, kind of, you know, just fighting, staying in it, you know, playing tough, disciplined football, fighting for four, four quarters, never really having the talent to kind of get over the hump. But we kind of knew that. But kind of watching them fight the way they have been was you know, respectable, if nothing else. But I think eventually, you know, you, you just run out of steam in terms of, oh, we're just going to fight as long as we can. Eventually, you just run out of fight. You just aren't as good as the other people. And especially when you start to have so much attrition and so many injuries, you're talking about some of their best players that they're losing, their starting quarterback, their entire secondary almost. You know, the, like, you can't really sustain with these types of things going on. And so, uh, ultimately, they just kind of they just kind of ran out of, of steam. They didn't have much to start with, and they just kind of ran out of it. And so, you look towards next year. You are talking about guys that factor into their you know 2023 season with Eddie Jackson and Darnell Mooney, and hopefully, both of those guys are able to you know get you know whatever treatment they need, get their surgeries. That's going to be the case, certainly for Darnell Mooney and maybe for uh, for, for Eddie Jackson too. And you get to go ahead and get the surgeries, and they should be okay, you know, for the start of, of next year. But you never know how that's going to go. And so, hopefully, you know, they have successful. Uh, surgeries and rehabilitation, they're able to come back and be factors for you next year. But then you got to figure out what else. Where else do we need help, right? Because you look at that defense, and I know we're talking about the injuries to the secondary with with, with Brisker, Gordon, and 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 Bojack, but that defensive line, there's just a lot to be desired there. They can't get any pass rush. They can't stop the run with any consistency. You got to get some horses up front, and so you know you go into free agency, you go into the draft, you figure. How how can we quickly improve this roster to pair with maybe you know ten or twelve guys that we think are going to be back next year? Other than that, I don't even know who's going to be on this team. Yeah, and look, I, I, we're all obviously keeping an eye on the draft order because that will matter a lot. Currently, they own the second mm-hmm. overall pick in the twenty twenty three NFL draft. That puts them in a position to essentially select whoever they want because uh, they're not going to yeah. be looking for a quarterback. So even if they do end up with a third or fourth pick, there's a chance all the teams ahead of them draft quarterbacks. But there's also the possibility when you have a team that does have a lot of holes to fill, and if you do get a desperate team, and we know how that goes in Chicago, who real, a team really needs Uh-oh. a quarterback, uh, a, right. a guy willing to, to, to move up and, and, and go for a quarterback, what they might be willing to pay. So there's a real possibility if the Bears are sitting there at two, and there's a quarterback there, uh, who knows? Maybe they could end up with two first-round picks in 2023. Yeah, that's definitely something that Ryan Poles and his staff need to be thinking about right now. Like, not only what position that they have, but 
how much capital they could get from that if they were to move down. Somebody does want that too, and how far are they willing to move down and still get you know a player of the caliber that they need right now? Wherever they're going to go, whether they're going to go on defensive line, offensive line, wide receiver, whatever they're going to do, um, how far down can we go and still get one of those guys? Can we drop down to six? Can we drop down to nine, eleven? Like what? How far can we, are we willing to go down, and then how much can we get back? For doing so, I think there's certainly going to be some options for them. They're going to have to explore all those options because, like you said, they, they, they need a lot of things. They aren't just one thing away. They need a lot of things. So uh, you start to fill some of these holes, and they can be competitive next year. I don't think this is this is something that's going to take you know years and years and years. They do need a lot, but I do think they have some key pieces, and I think they have the resources to kind of uh, fill in these blanks uh, sooner than later. The pressure on Ryan Poles this offseason will be heavy because mm-hmm. they have the cap space. They're going to have a great spot to select in the draft with lots of options. At the same yep. time, there's a ton to fill into this roster. And I'm with you. I, th- I think defensive line, you know, especially in a defense like this where Matt Ibufus doesn't like to blitz. We- we've seen this before, your, your 4-3 cover 2 type defense where the hope right. is to get pressure right. from the front four so you don't have to blitz and you can play your style of defense. That has obviously not been the case so far. They haven't had a bunch of success stopping the run or getting pressure on the quarterback. It's, it's, been, it's been rough up front for the Chicago Bears. But, you know, it's like... Brian Pace and Matt Nagy still get brought up from time to time just because people were so angry how all that played out. It's, I think Have people forgotten who drafted Justin Fields? Like, Ryan Poles got a huge mm-hmm. head start in terms of his, his run here as general manager. Like, every other GM that has started with the Chicago Bears, the first question is what? Quarterback. And there's still right. things to be sorted out, but it appears they have their guy and a guy they can build around. Ryan Poles doesn't have to go into next year's draft thinking, uh, you know, he didn't have to last year or this year thinking quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. So the other guy gave him a little parting gift there, Justin Fields. So I think that mixed with the salary cap, mixed with the fact that they're losing a bunch and they're going to have a great spot to pick in the draft. There's pressure on Ryan Poles, and I know some have noted it kind of feels like the clock starts on him next year just because of what he inherited here, but he did inherit a quarterback that might be a franchise QB. So you're starting, especially like that was an eye-opening game against the Jets. Not that we didn't already know that they didn't have a ton of talent in a complete roster. It's like the moment when you're all of a sudden you're like, okay, this is getting real for the Bears right now. Like Ryan Poles is going to really have to make his mark this offseason. Yeah, I think it's, it's certainly a, a pressure position to be in, but it's, it's a good position to be in. Yep. I mean, he's under a lot of pressure, but he's under a lot of pressure because he has a lot of resources and he needs to hit with them. Coming into the offseason last year, he did not have a lot of resources, and I think he did pretty well. Um, I don't know about free agency so much, but I think the draft, he did pretty well. He kind of just stay put, not overreact, not try to trade up, trade down as much as he can to accumulate more picks. I think he got two pretty good players at the top with Jaquan and Kyler. Uh, we'll see how, how Vela continues to develop in terms of whether he can be a big play threat for you, whether that's in the kicking game or in the gadget game offensively. Um, we'll find out about Tristan Ebner. He may get 17 stars at left tackle from a fifth-round pick from Southern Utah, where I think got to count that as a win. And, and then you start to see what some of these other guys can do. I think Trent Gill getting a punter in the seventh round, I think he did really, really good with his draft last year, even with limited resources. And so I, I'm confident that he has – a plan that he didn't want to execute, right? And he's shown a willingness and an ability to stick to his plan. Now, whether or not his plan is right, all that only time will tell if he's right or wrong. But he has a plan. He's so far 
seem to be sticking to his plan. So I think that he'll have a plan. I think they'll go into the draft and they'll execute that plan to the best of their ability. And hopefully, um, again, we'll see in due time what they're able to do with it. But I think you're right about it being, you know, a high-pressure situation. But I think it's a good situation to be in just because you have all those resources. Now you've got to go make some good picks and make some good moves and, and, and maximize those resources. It's been tough, though, Herb, to watch some of these George Pickens highlights. Cause I'm, he was yeah. my, he, he was my guy going into the draft. I'm like, hey, yeah. there's a guy to go with Justin Fields, and you know, I like the Brisker and Gordon picks too. But it's like seeing some of these highlight real quet, uh, catches from from George Pick, uh, Pickens with the Steelers. I'm like, man, eh, that might have been a guy. Yeah. That might have been a guy. Uh, are you one of these dudes that are you looking at the mock drafts? Do you like to go ahead and look and kind of start keeping an eye on some players in the college department? Not so much on the mock drafts. I do kind of like to just look around and, and, and you know, see, you know, the guys that you kind of like, and you say, oh, well, you know, Georgia's got this defensive tackle, or Tennessee's got this wide receiver, or, you know, Alabama's always got guys across the board. And so you start, you want to start to look at them. But I think that when you get into these early mock drafts, they don't really take into account free agency. And I think that until free agency is complete, I don't even think the GMs are really, really set on what their plan is heading into the draft. you got to see how many holes you can fill in free agency first. And so you can go into it right now and say, hey, the Bears really need an edge rusher or whatever. And, okay, fine. But then if they go find one in free agency, then that's not going to be their focus at, you know, whatever their first pick is. And so I think that for me, I tend to not take these mock drafts too seriously until after free agency because that's when teams are able to kind of, preliminarily fill some of these holes, if you will. Yeah, uh, the name I'm just going to throw out there, Jalen Carter, which is, uh, you know, he, yeah. he, he other than a quarterback, he might be the top position player selected, and man, would he fit perfectly into this defense. Uh, just a big wrecker up front. He's like 6'4", 320, uh, making all sorts yeah. of plays for the Georgia Bulldogs. That could be a guy, uh, Peter Skaronsky locally, a tackle for Northwestern who had another incredible season, would make sense too. Um, so the, the, the good news is, as, you know, as I laid out the whole pressure thing on polls, they are going to have a lot of options going into the draft and obviously yeah. in free agency, which is a good thing. Uh, as we do this um, this this pod on a Tuesday around noon, uh, your gut, what are you telling you? Uh, what's it telling you about Justin Fields' status uh, for Sunday's game against the Packers? You think there's a chance he plays? Um, I'll leave the door before a chance, but I think it'd be reckless. Um, I don't I don't think it, I don't think it'll be wise. And I know we keep hearing from Coach Plus and he's saying, you know, as long as he's healthy and ready to go, we're gonna play him. But I just don't think that it makes a whole lot of sense at this point. Again, that game on Sunday just really seemed to have this kind of finality to it. it was like, okay, let's you can you can throw in the towel. Nobody's going to blame you, right? As a head coach, I know he's charged with you know winning this week's game. That's his responsibility. And I personally asked him a couple of times this year about you know at some point will he look to twenty twenty three in terms of the decisions that he makes for who's active and who's not active on game days this year. And he's like, no, we're always going to put you know, the best players on the field to try and win this week's game. That's fine up until this this past Sunday. Now it's done, right? Now you got all these guys that are hurt. You're going to put Justin Fields out there for what, right? You're going to put him out there without his favorite target. You're going to put him out there with his patchwork offensive line. You're going to put him out there. Like, for, for what reason are you are you doing this right now? What What is he going to get? He's going to continue to develop with, you know, minimal talent outside, minimal talent up front. He's missing one of his best running backs. Like, I don't know that you're going to get a lot out of that 
and you have the buy the following week. So if you're really just talking about health, is he going to be 80% this week? Could he be 90, 95% coming out of the buy? And if so, then don't put him in harm's way just because of the Packers, right? Like just, it's, it's, you got to think about the long-term health of the player and the organization. And right now, the Bears beating or losing to the Packers this week pales in comparison to the long-term health of Justin Fields. So I say hold him out this Sunday. Maybe he's ready to come back from the bye. Maybe not even then. Maybe you can just go ahead and shut him down for the rest of the year. Um, I don't think anybody would, 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 would blame you for doing that. I certainly see some value in him continuing to get the experience. But if I had to say this week for sure, I'd say no and maybe not at all anymore for the rest of the season. Although, and if I heard it correctly, Matt Eberflus at Hallisall yesterday was kind of asked, like, does the fact that it's Packer week factor into that, to the decision of whether mm-hmm. or not to play fields? And he kind of said, yeah. Did I hear that right, Herb? He, he kind of was like, well, it's Packer week, and, you know, maybe. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, well... Look, I'm with you. Everything you just laid out, Herb, I would be completely fine if he sits against Green Bay and then you have the bye week. That gives him, what, one, two, like three full weeks to get that shoulder healthy. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not in the camp of, of shutting him down for the rest of the year unless, of course, he, he can't go mm-hmm. and, he's, he, and he's dealing with that. Because I still think, you know, and we didn't even mention the fact that who's playing right tackle? I mean, Riley Reef and Larry Borum had injuries, too, against right. the Jets. I mean, right. it's just unbelievable. Even Cole Komet was like, yeah, I've never seen that many guys go down in a game like that. Um, but I still think more reps are good uh, as long as you're not – as long as – as long as you can put a solid product, a somewhat respectable product around him, I don't know if they can at this point. Um, but if they feel that Justin Fields can yeah. properly protect himself over the final month of the season, I think there's still something to gain. Wouldn't it be great for Fields and Claypool to start building some chemistry and some momentum going into the offseason? I, I, I wouldn't dismiss. I think that's something that they can take into the offseason and feel pretty good about. Yeah, I, I feel you on that, KP. I, I really, really do. But I, I look at this offense, and their best weapon throughout the majority of this season has been his leg. And so we, we understand. He can run. We got it. He can run. He can put up 150 yards on his own, no problem. But why does he need to do that for the next four or five games for them to go out and lose, for him to take extra abuse? If this were about him continuing to develop as a thrower, then I would be more inclined to say, yes, bring him back. Let him get as many throws in as possible. Let's drop back 30 times a game, 40 times a game. But you can't do that with this patchwork offensive line and this receiving core that continues to sustain injury after injury. And so, I, I like, who is he going to throw this ball to and who's going to protect him and give him enough time to do it? I think he, he's going to be more in harm's way than he is developing. Um, I think that, you know, getting him and Chase, him and Chase Claypool – off to a, a, a head start, if you will. That would be great. I wish they had tried to work on that the first couple of weeks that, that Claypool was here. I think we saw um, we saw Trevor Simeon you know, work his way to a couple of uh, fade balls to chase Claypool. I asked him about that after the game. He was like, yeah, I just told him, like, listen, if you're one-on-one, we're going to give you a shot. And I was like, That's, that makes so much sense. It's all I've been saying. Like, why can't you get to that? Um, there were a couple of times where Justin Fields had an opportunity to get to that, and they, they didn't. And – I would like them to see to see them, you know, kind of work on their chemistry. But again, if I'm if I'm if I'm weighing the the cost benefit, I don't know that it's there for me to say 
put him out there behind this offensive line with this group of receivers. Yeah, I mean, it's fair. Um, I, I think that goes back to, the I guess, just you know the game at hand now. You, you sit him against Green Bay, and what you do is you allow him to rest a little bit. It also buys the coaching staff and the front office time to figure out what they really have for the final month. What they want to do. You know, like it, <laughs> it, it buys you time. Like, there are so many question marks going into this week with who is even going to start on the offensive line, who are they going to throw the ball to? Um, yeah. I, there's just absolutely no reason whatsoever to rush him back. Um, no. And maybe, you know, look, I, I think there's a value to him being out there and playing. Um, but, you know, if he can go, I think he's going to play. But I, I could totally see him just resting for this game against the Packers. I just really hope it would be, it would be very dumb to rush him back just because it's Packer week. Yeah, and I heard, I heard Flu say that too. And to me, Honestly, it sounded like he was just, you know, trying to bring himself to to get excited about this Packer Bears thing, right? Yeah. Let, the first game, he was like, yeah, nope, I don't care. Like, it's just another football game, right? And then I think he got to the stadium and he began to feel that energy around this Bears-Packers, quote-unquote, rivalry, if you will. And I think he's just trying not to be as dismissive of it this week. And so he's like, yeah, it is Packers week. And I, I still don't think he really much cares that it's Bears Packers, and I certainly hope that doesn't factor into whether or not you bring Justin Fields back if he's anything less than well, 100% isn't a reality for anybody at this point in the season, but if he's not his best, don't rush him back. Like Especially when you got a bye coming up next week. I know they got all these home games coming up. They want to be able to sell tickets. They want to put people in the, in the seats, and you know Justin Fields will certainly help with that, but I think that most Bears fans that I've spoken to were like, hey, this thing has to be about Justin Fields' development and next year. I think that in terms of his development, we've probably seen as much as we can actually see this season. I don't know, again, if they were healthy, he had his full allotment of receivers, a stable offensive line, then maybe you could start talking about, okay, can we see him take a step forward in the passing game over the last quarter of the season? And then that would be worthwhile for me. But without these weapons and, and the, the proper protection, I don't know that we're going to see that anyway. I think most likely if he does play, and if he does play fine, I'm not totally against it. But I think if he does play, what we're most likely going to see is more of the same. We're going to see him running around, scrambling for his life, picking up 100 yards a game, rushing, and making a couple of decent throws. But I, I don't know that we're going to see this huge stride that we'd like to see in terms of him being able to read, diagnose, go through his progressions. I don't think he'll ever be able to get to his third or fourth progression behind this offensive line. And so I don't know that, that we'll see those types of things that we would like to see going forward for the last quarter of the season. Yeah, and you think about the final opponents in the final month. The Eagles, the Bills, yeah. Yeah. you got a matchup with the yeah. Vikings. Like, let's be careful here. It was fun to kind of look ahead, though, like following the Dolphins game, which, you know, they lost mm-hmm. by three, then won to the Lions. Both of those games, they had opportunities to go up and win. Same with the Falcons won before that injury. Everything yeah. changed with that injury. It was fun to kind of look ahead and be like, man, that December 4th game, how awesome would it be if Justin Fields outplayed Aaron Rodgers and it was some sort of benchmark yeah. moment where all like, hey, maybe this is a sign here, like the Bears are headed in the right direction. And the Packers aren't, but that was just sort of a hypothetical in my head that I was creating, and it was it was fun, Herb, until we dealt with all of these injuries, and um, we'll see where yeah. it goes. I, I I think you know I 
I don't think he should play against Green Bay. I think if he's a full go after that, I think the reps couldn't hurt. But I'm with you. I don't think there's really a whole lot more to learn about Justin Fields. I mean, how at this point could you have seen what he's done and be like, that isn't the guy we're at least going to build around for the next few years? Um, at the same time, I you know, if I think reps can help him and and all of that. But um, we'll see yeah. how we're playing. Who are you? Who, I don't doubt it. I think. I- my bad. I think we might see. I think this might be an opportunity for Ryan Post to kind of step in. I think that he's done a good job and yeah. not stepping on the coach's toes. And this time, he he can kind of just do it quiet. Like, hey, you know, hey, we, coach, we, we're we, not we, that good. We, we got a lot of injuries. Let's protect yeah, our quarterback. It, it, it's fine, right? We we've seen what we need to see. We evaluated who we need to evaluate. We know, you know, who may be some of the building blocks going forward. What some of these young kids. I don't know that we need to continue to do this. So maybe he comes down and says, hey, you know, Flues, like, it's, it's all right, buddy. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's okay. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and maybe you start – I think you got, you got to start looking at some of these other guys, too. You got to start looking at, you know, Leatherwood. Is, is, is he something that you can get something out of? This kid was a first-round pick last year. I don't know that he just completely forgot to play football. Everybody just completely misevaluated him. At least find out what you have there. Can he kick in the guard? Is he your right tackle? you got an opening at right tackle right now. Give him all the refs this week and throw him out there against the Packers, and let's just see. Let's just find out mm-hmm. if this kid is worth anything. And I think that that's what these final few weeks should be about. It should be about answering as many questions for next year as possible and putting as many guys in as many positions to succeed as possible. You're going to get a good long look at Elijah Hicks right now at safety. I know the coaches have been liking him for a while. You're going to get looks at these other corners for a while, and so. Listen, give guys these opportunities. Continue to let the Armand Watts of the world, the Dominique Robinsons, get as many reps at the defensive line as they can and just take advantage of these opportunities. They, they aren't ideal. You'd like to have your stars playing, but they're hurt and you aren't winning. And listen, take advantage of the opportunity to look at these young kids. They'll probably come with some more losses, which will probably help you in the draft. I'm not saying that they're tanking or throwing or anything like that, but the circumstances are what they are. And at some point, you just got to kind of you know, put your pride to the side and say, okay, what's really best for this organization going forward? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, this offensive line, Herb, at this point, I don't know if any one player is safe for next year in terms of being a starter. Maybe Braxton Jones, right. but like, maybe you theoretically could just rebuild the entire offense in the offseason. Because yeah. and, and I don't think there's one guy who's blowing you away and says, hey, that's, that's one of the guys that we're going to have on that offensive line for years to come. I don't think any of their jobs are safe right now. I don't. None of them. They haven't played great as a unit. I know there's been some injuries here and there, but like going into the offseason, and Ryan Poles, the offensive line expert, right? Like this is this this is his thing. He should be able to build an offensive line, a defensive line. I don't look at a single one of those guys and say that person's safe. Their starting job is locked in for next year. Like not at all. Yeah, nothing in the trenches says we've got this thing figured out. Not up and down either side of that line. If none of those guys were back next year, I was like, yeah, I, I can see that. No problem. You can upgrade at any of those positions. You can upgrade from left tackle to right tackle. You can upgrade from left end to right end. And nobody could really have a legitimate gripe about, oh, why'd you get rid of this guy? Why'd you get rid of that guy? <laughs> um, Justin Jones has been fine. He's made some splash plays. He's had some penetration. He's been disruptive in some areas. And I expect that he'll be back. But other than that, I don't really know. I mean, you'd love this story of finding a you know a ten year left tackle in the fifth round from Utah, but 
he hasn't played that well to say, oh, he's definitely our left tackle going forward, right? You can you can upgrade there, too. You can upgrade any of those other positions on the offensive line. And so, um, yeah, I'm with you. I don't think anybody is untouchable, right? If you can find a better left tackle or a better right tackle or better whatever, go ahead and get it, whether that's the draft or free agency. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. That whole thing can turn over as well as a lot of these positions up and down this roster, really. Yeah, yeah. Lots, you know, this kind of time of year now after that Jets game, we're all kind of looking ahead to the offseason. We all, we all kind of were keeping an eye on it throughout this entire year, but I think we've got a pretty good that grasp. One. Yeah, <laughs> right. After that game, it's like, all right, feel free to start looking at draft pro- uh, prospects and all of that, but uh, still five games to go. It has been an interesting season with a lot of storylines for the Chicago Bears, and uh, we'll have plenty more to talk about moving forward. Herb, you're the ma- uh, man. I'll see you at uh, Soldier Field Sunday. Bears-Packers, it could be a Trevor Simeon-Jordan Love matchup. Looking forward to it, KP. I mean, seeing you, not not that matchup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, Herb. I will see Thanks you. Thanks for having me, man. And that was episode 55. Thanks to Herb for joining me. Thanks to Ernie Scatton for his help producing the podcast as well. And thank you for listening. I'm Kevin Powell. This is the WGN Radio Football Podcast.